Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island, folks. Jay Sahoda, Balalahi. On this episode, we will recap our wacky week six in the NFL. We will also look ahead to week seven and make our predictions for those matchups. We will also break down our first ever power rankings with our top 10 right now heading into week seven so keep it locked we got a lot more football talk coming your way and we'll also have some basketball talk coming up next week with the nba season right around the corner so keep it locked and stay tuned for that and don't forget to give us a follow on instagram and twitter for more sports news and analysis what is cracking ladies and gents welcome back to the island it was a super wacky week six in the nfl we will break it all down on this episode and, of course, look ahead to week seven. We've also got our first ever Baller Island power rankings that we're going to break down our top 10 in just a little bit as well. There are no more undefeated teams left in the NFL. Niners go down. Eagles go down. Everybody has a loss. So we'll get to that as well. A lot of upsets, a lot of weird score lines, but... We'll get to all of that and a whole lot more. B, what's going on, my guy? It was a weird week six. Yeah, I mean, your Niners uh, at the top of that list, man. I mean, it's like you guys are due for a weird game like that. And I know your heart stopped at some of those injuries, huh? Honestly, the Debo one I kind of saw coming. Like, he was already banged up coming in. The Trent Williams one, yes, my heart did stop. Any Anytime that dude comes off the field, my heart stops. Um, the McCaffrey one definitely has me a little concerned, um, but I'm not too worried so far. Coming out, the MRI is coming up not too bad. He's listed his day-to-day with an oblique ribs injury. So if he doesn't go Monday night against Minnesota, I'm honestly not mad at that. Like, that's okay with Vikings, Bengals, and then the bye week. I think if there's a time to sit him out and be cautious, now's the time to do it. I think we can live with who we got. Um, but obviously, it's just it's more of a long-term thing with, with McCaffrey, man. That dude makes this offense run. So that's definitely you don't want to rush him back too quickly. You want to play safe with that injury. But, you know, could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. But, yeah, th- th- this team, man, I, I honestly didn't think it was going to come now. There's always, always one stupid L every single season. Last year, it was losing to the Broncos 11-10. to And then this year, it ended up losing to the Browns 19-17. No Deshaun Watson, no Nick Chubb. And yet the Niners still somehow, someway managed to choke that one away at the end. Thanks to Jake Moody missing a 41-yarder at the buzzer. Um, but this, this Browns defense, I mean, I guess we'll just start right here then. Um, with Cleveland, San Francisco, that Browns defense, no joke, bro. They are no freaking joke. Jim Schwartz got the, I mean, we saw week one against the Bengals and we're like, man, like the Bengals look like trash, but that Browns defense was unreal. Well, this Niners offense that has looked borderline unstoppable. And I know McCaffrey was almost the second half. I know Debo was out the entire second half, but the Niners couldn't do anything, literally anything up until that final drive to put them in field goal range. Purdy couldn't do anything. B.A. wasn't open. Like, just there was nothing. They couldn't run the ball at all. I got to I gotta give it up to, to Jim Schwartz and the Browns defense, man. They were they were pretty freaking awesome on, on Sunday. Pretty bad timing for our uh, Brock Purdy love fest one week before, and then that happens on Sunday. Like, that was uh, not a good showing, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it's both. It's like Cleveland's defense is really good. You guys were missing – your best players on offense. So 
I mean, obviously, you take out McCaffrey, that offense is going to look way different. Um, and then, honestly, I mean, that's a rookie kicker you guys got there, right? Yep. yep. That, Third round. Honestly, aside from injuries being your number one scare, like, a rookie kicker is one of those things where, uh, like, you know, on a team that has he, – he's going to be kicking in some big games. So, uh, that's one thing that I didn't notice that – it's not – I mean, it's something to, uh, that's on my radar for sure. I mean, I think it's been on a lot of our radars. Like, I'm not going to lie. When when we put him out there, I was thinking, I'm like, we got to try and get as close as possible for Jake Moody because I don't fully trust this kid yet. Like, he's got to earn the trust. Like, he did not look great in preseason, and that was a huge concern because if you ain't looking good in preseason, we have a problem. And then the regular season comes, and he's looked pretty good so far – and then he missed his first field goal early in this Cleveland game, and you're like, oh, no. And then you get down late into the game with a chance to win it and be the hero, and it's like these are moments where you earn the team's trust, and you earn that respect and that trust from Kyle Shanahan down the stretch, and and he missed it, and he hooked it wide. Like that's That is something that you have to make, especially when you spend a third rounder on the dude. Um, dude was money at Michigan and that was just a brutal brutal moment however I will say I would rather have that miss come now than have it later on if this ends up being a problem later on in the season then Shanahan and Lynch got to have a discussion here and be like do we need a, a veteran kicker in the room right now because we cannot waste this away on a rookie kicker you know what I'm saying exactly like you just said it's like if there is if, if there is a weakness on this team that is not injuries it is having a rookie kicker 100%. You have a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. You got to win this game. For Brock Purdy, look, like he was he was due for a bad game. And Purdy, no question, Cleveland's defense was unbelievably good. But Purdy was not good. He was not good. That second half he struggled mightily, wasn't able to make throws, and he was having trouble throwing in the rain. It was it was not a good it was not a good afternoon for 13 at all. However, considering when the time came down to it, and we had a chance to win the game, and Brock Purdy's got the ball with under a minute to play, and he got us in field goal range. That's kind of my biggest takeaway from this game for Brock Purdy. Obviously, the stats look awful. His second half was awful. I think we had, like, negative yards on offense with, like, five minutes remaining in the game. Like, that's not ideal. That's not something you see out of this Niners offense like on any given Sunday, even a day where they're struggling, you don't see that kind of performance and those kind of numbers. But the fact that Brock Purdy stepped up, made some big time throws to Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk down the stretch. That's kind of what I take away from that. And I'm like, you know what? Brock Purdy struggled. He was far from perfect. And this was the worst he's looked in his career, in his young career. But when it came down to it, he made the, he put on his big boy pants and he made the throws and he put us in position to win. That's all you can ask for from your quarterback. At you know what I'm saying? That's that is all you can ask for from your guy to put you in a position to win games. Yeah, no, Purdy. I mean, even though he played like trash, uh, he's not somebody like I worry about. Like I don't think um, he's gonna be like you know that that one Super Bowl. It, to me, it fell on Jimmy's hands. He was the reason you guys lost that one. Um, this one, like, I can't see Purdy being the reason, um, 
for that with you guys. Uh, so, like, besides injuries, which to me, like, it's like, I mean, it's a re- normal risk with every team, but I feel like you guys are a little bit snake bitten and you guys got hella injury prone guys. Um, so that's my, my number one thing with you guys. Um, and then the number two, yeah, would be, be the kicker, which I mean, if we got to go down, I mean, like, it's not even like he's a bad kicker. Like, like you said, at Michigan, he was really good. Um, this is, he's been in the league for five weeks, you know, let him, you know, make the mistakes now so he doesn't make it later. But again, it's not, it's almost nitpicky at this point, but still, it's still on the radar. You know, it's not like we can just rest easy with that. Oh, of course. I mean, it's, it's only week six, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not time to like panic or anything, but it's definitely frustrating, especially if you're Kyle Shanahan, when you're looking at this and you're like, we could have easily been six and zero, considering we lost, you know, some of our biggest stars on this team, considering our offense looked like absolute garbage in the second half. And it was a penalty shit show on both ends for Cleveland and San Francisco. The Browns had 13 penalties for 119 yards. The Niners had 12 penalties for 105. They basically accounted for over 200 yards in penalties combined. Like, that's insane. Like, John Hussey and those dude, like, they were throwing the flag for no reason at points in this game. Like, it was like just the, the most, speaking of nitpicky, they saw the smallest little thing. Oh, that's a flag, 15-yard penalty, 10-yard penalty. Like, they were giving out free penalties like it was a free giveaway day, man. Like, it it was too much. But anyways, aside from that, um, yeah, it's, it's week six. I mean, it's not too much to worry about Moody yet. If this becomes a problem later on in the season, like I said before, then I think, okay, we need to have a discussion here. Do we need to bring in a veteran kicker? Because we can't let something like that happen to us now. And then as for the injuries and stuff, as long as we're healthy at the right time, that's kind of all that matters at the end of this thing. And as long as there's no long-term injuries, that's the biggest thing. Like these little day-to-day things, it's, you know, don't be stupid, play it safe. Like, for example, when Ayuk got hurt week two against the Rams and then he saying he could have gone week three against the Giants, but they decided to bench him and set him out. That was a good move. That was playing smart. We didn't need him to beat the Giants. Bench him, keep him another week, and now Brandon Ayuk has been looking back to his normal self, right? So if McCaffrey or Debo can't go on Monday night, is that a big loss? 110% it is. But I don't think it's the end of the world in Week 7. I think the Niners have enough depth to overcome that against a Vikings team that's also missing Justin Jefferson. Now, the Bengals Week 8, that's another story. You want to have your guys. We'll talk about the Bengals in a bit, but that is a much different game where you want to have your guys there, especially heading into the bye week. So we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but yeah, this was just, I don't even know, man. I mean, this, it was one way to, the only L I really take away from this man is like the fact that the only thing that ruined my birthday week thus far was Jake Moody's missed field goal. Honest to God. And let me bring up the numbers here, B. We have a, a, a birthday curse with the Niners here. I swear to God. Actually, I do remember this last year too. Now that I think yes, about it. yes, I swear to God, this is look at like it's it's as painful as it is. It's kind of painfully funny looking back at the stats here. On my birthday weekend, the Niners lose in twenty twenty three. This is this past Sunday. We lost to PJ Walker led Browns on a game winning missed field goal that for, from Jake Moody, who is a backup to Deshaun Watson. 
Last year, the Niners lose a really, really weird game to the Marcus Mariota-led Falcons, 28-14. That, that game just still does not... I can't process that scoreline and that game in my head. No one will guess a lot of guys were out that game, but still. 2021, the Niners lost to the Carson Wentz-led Indianapolis Colts in a monsoon. This is three years ongoing now. Then we won two years in a row, going back even more. 2018, the Niners lost to Aaron Rodgers at the buzzer. 2017, they lost to the Commanders. And 2016, they got blown out by the Tyrod Taylor-led Buffalo Bills, 45-16. to What a joke. Yikes. This is a joke. Yikes. This is an absolute is joke. Two and six? Two and six on my birthday weekend. It's, 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 uh, it's something. And I think the last three have got to be the worst, knowing the quarterbacks that we lost to, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, and P.J. Walker. Unreal. Honestly, unreal. Um, but one more thing before we kind of move on here, be speaking to PJ Walker. I do want to give him some love, man, because there were times last year where he was balling for Carolina and we gave him some love on this podcast. I got to give it up to him again, because going into this game, when people all over Twitter, not just Twitter, were saying, oh, Deshaun's out. PJ Walker's going to start. This is an easy dub. We're going to win. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, we should win this game. We should kill him. But do not sleep on PJ Walker. I'm like, this dude can low-key be kind of scary. Like, he's not a big-name guy, but he can ball. And I thought P.J. Walker played really well in this game, and Amari Cooper was. Woo! Dude was dude turned back the clock on Sunday. He looked unreal. But I want to give P.J. Walker some love, man. He balled out. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of surprised on how quick they moved off of DTR. I know he wasn't good, but... Um, I think DTR has some promise, but I he guess does. They're, he does. they're kind of like, you know what, let's just stick to what we got right now. We're, we're a pretty solid team, regardless of what quarterback is. So let's try and stay competitive while we can. We can worry about this DTR situation in a bit. Oh, exactly. DTR is just a rookie, man. He's He's got a lot a lot of upside, too. Maybe he went to back up next year. Um, but if you've got a guy like Philip Walker and then, you know, to back up Deshaun too, like that's a good option. The Browns have a pretty good quarterback room. And I think it, it obviously showed on Sunday against a very good Niners defense. Like, don't forget, he did turn the ball over twice. He threw two interceptions, but still looking back at it, like he put them in position to win the game and they did, they put together drives and, and they got the job done. So hats off to the Browns, man. They're a weird team. They're a really weird team. I feel like it's a week to week thing with Cleveland, but if this defense can keep them afloat and this offense can produce enough offense, the Browns are going to be in the mix, man. They're they're not a bad team. They just have also speaking of injury, like we talk about the Niners having some brutal injury luck. The Browns have had some awful injury luck too. Injury luck, and they just have bad luck in every way. It's the Browns. I mean, this is that's facts. It's the Browns. <laughs> Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's facts. Um. So obviously, the other thing, obviously, when the Niners lost to Cleveland, that sucked. We're like, well, that's a that's a brutal loss to Cleveland. This is not fun. This is the one stupid L of the year. And then the Eagles game happens. And the New York Jets. God bless Robert Sala, man. Because I'll tell you what. He turned my frown upside down into a smile Sunday evening. Because that was a hell of a performance. I didn't expect that. I was expecting when the Eagles had the ball late in that game. Like, oh, here we go. Jalen Hurts got the ball. They're just going to run the ball down the Jets' throat, run the clock out, game over. Eagles are 6-0. Everyone's going to talk about Philly and, oh, Philly's so great and blah, blah, blah. And it just would have just set the tone for my week in all the worst ways possible. 
And then the Jets defense happened. And then Robert Sala happened. And then the Jets actually got the job done. I was impressed, man. And the, and the Eagles? No, 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 no. Let's not talk about how the Niners lost to the Browns. No, no, no. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense turned on the ball over four times? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about that. We got to talk about that. Dude, well, we've been talking about the Eagles like the last couple of weeks, even though they've been coming away with wins. We're like, have we been impressed at all with their wins? Right? Like, um, going down the list, it's like, okay, they beat the Patriots. That went to the last possession. The Vikings, they won by a score. The Bucks, whatever. They beat the Commanders in overtime. The Rams is probably the best team they played there so far. I mean, that wasn't nothing crazy. They lose to the Jets. Like you said, offense has not looked in sync at all. And I think A.J. Brown had like 170 yards or something crazy like that in that game too, didn't he? He had 130. 130 yards. Yeah. And he's had that two games in a row. Yeah. And they're still not mustering up anything on offense. Um, so that to me is, is a red flag. The the biggest thing from this though is their next slew of games because <laughs> they have Miami this week, Washington the week after, whatever. Mm-hmm. Another division game, but that game was Commanders are week. not an easy out. Miami, Washington, Dallas, not easy mm-hmm. bye week. KC, mm-hmm. Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas again, Seattle. Seattle. At Seattle, so, too. That is a freaking gauntlet. Like, you're playing San Francisco, who we think is the best team, Miami, who's up there, KC, who's up there, mm-hmm. Buffalo, who's up there, um, and Dallas, who's up there. That's five of the, the best teams you're going to play, and they're playing all five of them, Dallas twice. Um, and this is kind of why a lot of people picked Philly in the offseason to have it down here was because of their schedule. Um, and – Shoot, they had six weeks to figure out their offense. They they better figure that out soon because um, you're going to have to score some points against those teams if you want to come away with some wins. Well, I, I think we've already talked about it early in the year when we've looked when we've talked about the Chiefs offense not quite looking to how we're accustomed to and that a lot of that has to do with losing Eric Bieniemy. How about the Eagles losing Shane Steichen to the Indianapolis Colts, right? He took the Colts job. He's now the head coach over there. And the Eagles got a new offensive coordinator in the building there. The Eagles offense has not really looked to how we're accustomed to seeing them either. And Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts still balling. And don't get me wrong, he played a really, really good New York Jets defense. But you're right, this offense as a whole, like, they're not running the ball as well. They've had some games where they've run the ball really, really, really well. But then they've had games where they haven't. Like, on on Sunday, they couldn't run the ball at all. And like you said, A.J. Brown is balling on a week-to-week basis. And they only, they're only putting up like 14, 20 points in a game. So the Eagles have their work cut out for them. Like you said, they have a gauntlet for not even just the middle of the season, but from now all the way up to like week 15, I think is that Seattle game in Seattle. It's going to, it's the playoffs for them basically start now. Like you're playing a playoff team every single week. We're going to find out a lot about the Philadelphia Eagles in the next couple of weeks, because like, like you said, you, you are playing the best teams in the NFL on a weekly basis from now up until week 15. So we're going to see a lot about that. Um, I'm not totally sold on the Eagles. I think a lot of people still say, oh, the Eagles are still one of the, they are still one of the best teams in the NFC and they will be there in January for sure. They'll be uh, one of the top teams in the NFC playoffs. No question. But 
I don't think they're as good as they were last year. And I think Sunday kind of exposed them. And the Jets' defense got the best of them. Jalen Hurts turned the ball over three times on Sunday. Let's talk about the Jets, though. The Jets are a weird team here, man, because now they've won two in a row. The defense has looked exceptional. The offense is still really sketchy, if I'm being honest, and a lot of that has to do with Zach Wilson, but they're getting the job done. The Jets have a bye week, then they come back off the bye week. I'm not sure who they got coming off the bye, but... They got the Giants... Chargers oh, the Giants. The Giants. The three games. Oh my God, they could win. They could win all three of those. Yeah, but it's the Jets. I guarantee you, they're not winning all three of those. Probably not. Probably not. They're like, the Chargers. If, if, so that's that's the thing. If we, those are three winnable games, um, and this is a Jets team that, I mean, dude, they could win all three of those games. But um, if you're a playoff team and you're trying to, you know, kind of show that. These are three games you got to win right here. 100%. Um, and it's like the Giants you're better than, the Raiders you're better than, the Chargers, um, you know, maybe you guys are even, maybe you're better, maybe you're worse. But, like, that's kind of a game you have to get to. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100% you got to win two of three um, in these next three games here. Like, you you have to. But – but the, but still what I'm saying, like the fact that the Jets got out of the first six games, which was like gauntlet first six games, three and three without Aaron Rodgers, kind of impressive. Honestly, it, it is a little bit impressive that they actually found a way. And honestly, looking back at it, they should have beaten the Chiefs. So really, when you look at it, like really their only terrible loss was against the Cowboys. In a way, they could be four and two, even five and one right now. So the Jets, they're they're not winning pretty, but they're getting the job done. And this defense is balling right now. Um, they they were excellent on Sunday against Philadelphia. Like they showed up when they needed him to. So they're an interesting team to keep an eye on. But I think again, it's it's fairly simple here. The Jets go as far as Zach Wilson takes them. We know this defense is going to drive them, but you also need to score points, and that's only gonna happen if. Zach Wilson is able to muster up muster up enough points and put it on the board for the Jets to win games. This this team goes as far as number two takes them. Uh, it's like if they can get like like even like twenty three points a game is nothing, but if they can get twenty three points a game, you like their chances because mm-hmm. the defense is that good. And if Zach Wilson's getting you twenty three, you're like okay. You know what? We're we're probably pretty good. We can't ask Zach Wilson to do much more than that. So that's kind of like I would say their sweet sweet spot right there. You score twenty three, yep. you should win the game if you're the Jets. Yep, I agree. I agree with that. And I know I was watching the Rich Eisen Eisen show earlier in the week too, and you're talking about the Jets, um, and he was saying that Zach Wilson has done more in the six games that he's played this season, or he has shown more than he ever did last season. And I agree with that. I do agree. Zach Wilson still does not look great. Like, I use the word sketchy for a reason. He's very sketchy. You don't know when he's going to turn the ball over or throw it away or do something stupid or, or or he actually might make an amazing pass once in a blue moon. He actually might do that. But he still makes you really, really nervous and hesitant. But he has shown a lot more improvements this season, and he's putting the Jets in positions to win games. He never did that last year. There's a reason why the Jets went out and got Aaron Rodgers because Zach Wilson was so bad. The Jets easily could have been a playoff team last year, and they weren't. All they needed was competent quarterback play. 
Now, this season, six games in, it's pretty much the exact same story. If we can just get competent quarterback play out of Zach Wilson, we have an elite defense. We can actually put together a few wins here and try to make a run at getting into the playoffs somehow, some way, without Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see what happens. But I, I again, I think it ultimately comes down to him. But like you said, the Jets are also the Jets. So we'll we'll see what happens. But that was a pretty big upset um, in New York to take down the Eagles. Um, how about the Bills-Giants game Sunday night? Talk about weird score lines. This one was ugly. all kinds of ugly. And I knew it was going to be ugly. I just didn't think it was going to be this kind of ugly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like uh, we can go to a number of games and kind of say, what the hell is this? Like, yes. even the the Bills, like, so the Bills-Giants game was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the Chiefs offense. You know, Very Chiefs weird. Was 19-8. Like, what is Super that? weird. And honestly, like, outside of you guys, I would say, and the Dolphins, um, it kind of feels like scoring. Like, you know how, like, over the last couple of years, it's like, oh, my God, like, offenses are so – overpowered now you can't play defense on anybody on in the league but it feels like scoring is just way lower outside of you know the dolphins and the niners like nobody's putting up points like that um outside of those two teams like it feels like the dolphins are scoring 40 a week um but like it's normally you know a handful of teams are scoring 30 a week it's normal but it's just not like it's just a lot of ugly football right now and maybe, you know, it's only six weeks. Let the offenses get in tune. Some of these big-time teams are adjusting to new offensive coordinators like yes. we're talking about. Yes, um, But still, I mean, like, it's like feels like the, at one point, like a couple of years ago, it's like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? Offense is just too much. We've gone too far. Um, but it does not feel like that at all so far this year for me. No, I agree. And like we talked about it, Casey, first time without B enemy in a hot minute. The Ravens have a new offensive coordinator with Todd Munkin. Um, Eagles, new offensive coordinator with Steichen leaving for Indy. Um, there's a handful that do not have the same. I'll see the Bills. This is only the second year of Ken Dorsey. And even last year, we had some concerns about the offense with him. Um, and early on, Buffalo's offense has not looked great. Dallas also with Kellen Moore going to the Chargers, they moved away. Now you got McCarthy calling the shots, and they have looked kind of all over the place at times this season as well. So a lot of these offenses, yeah, like you're saying, they are have different play callers. And when you look at the Dolphins and the Niners, the one consistent is they're not going to lose their offensive play caller unless their head coach is fired. Because Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan call the plays for the Dolphins and the Niners, and those are two arguably the two best play callers in the National Football League. Yeah, and you had both of them, which is actually crazy. I think, um, like, the enemy being gone. um, And then uh, uh, also, like, this goes part to, like, the coaching thing, but the quarterback play in general has been pretty bad, I would say, throughout the year. Like, Burrow, for example, we all, you know, I mean, Sure, they kind of start slow all the time. But Burrow has been not good at all. It's true. Mahomes, we haven't seen really do Mahomes kind of things. Um, Josh Allen kind of, you know, 
ebbs and flows a little bit. But a lot of these, like, elite quarterbacks that we, you know, especially coming into this year, when we're looking at the AFCs especially, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you know, this conference is stacked, right? And it's like, where the hell is, all, like, all this offensive firepower um, from the quarterbacks is really not not happening right now. I, I 100% agree. I mean, Josh Allen's been all over the place. Um, Mahomes, yeah, like you said, has not looked like, the normal Patrick Mahomes that we've seen over the years. The Bengals offense has been trash for most of the season. I mean, they had three, they scored three points in two games combined this season. They scored 19 against the Rams. They beat the Seahawks 17, 13. The only game where they've scored 30 points was against the Cardinals. So the Bengals offense has not looked really good at times Mm -hmm. this season either. Um, So yeah, a lot of these offenses just have not looked the part at all when you've looked at it um with a lot of the with a lot of these teams so that's yeah that's that's a good call but i thought i thought the giants had a shot to win this game at the end here and i think they definitely they showed why they're a one and five team um i'm shocked that that defense kept them in the game but i know Allen was banged up here and there but still like that was just a the fact they shut out the bills for three quarters that's pretty impressive, but they had a shot on the goal line at the end there. I probably would have drawn up a play to try and get 26 to football. I mean, the dude's always injured, and you had him in the lineup here. I would have done something to try and get him the rock because I think he scores if you put the ball in his hands. Yeah. Um, that's a weird one. I think even, that, like you said, there's, there's a reason uh, the record is what they are right now. Uh, the Thing is, is I mean, I think Tyrod Taylor, low key kind of. I mean, I get it; they scored nine points, but like Tyrod Taylor, low key kind of balled out. You know what I'm saying? He so did. Like, he I did. feel like, um, and I know they paid Daniel Jones all this money. Like, is Daniel Jones really that much better than Tyrod Taylor? Oof. Oof. Like honestly, though, like you paid Daniel Jones all that money, and. From what like I saw watching that game, I mean Tyrod Taylor looked like just as good. To be honest, like I don't think that result is any different whether he's in there or whether Daniel Jones is in there. I think you actually might be right. Like again, I I'd like to think that Daniel Jones is better than what his stats show and better than how he's played this season. But I honestly can't really think of a counter for your argument there. Like it's. That is kind of facts. Like, Tyrod played good football. Tyrod is a good backup. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great one. He's not a bad one. But he's a good quarterback. He, honestly, I you could talk about Philip Walker earlier. They're very similar. Right? They're not great, but they're not bad. But they're good. And they're gritty. And they're going to try and help your team win. And they will put your team in a position to win. Tyrod Taylor did that on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, that could be something. I mean, if Danny Dimes is out for more time and Tyrod gets more playing time and the Giants offense gets going, that'll be very interesting to see what try to muster up. But the, the Giants are uh Giants are a hot mess. Like they've taken like four steps back from where they were last year. And last year they were in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs, a game away from the NFC championship game. And this year they're one and five and they've looked horrendous. I'm not going to lie. The Giants have looked awful this season. So, by the way, I, I love the the lo- I love the bad blood over there. 
um, with the coaching staffs. Oh, with uh, Dable against the, the Bills staff? McDermott. Yeah, I like it. I like it. You see how at the end of the game. No, I actually like, they didn't. didn't even, they didn't even acknowledge each other. Wow. Like, they went and, like, Dable – it was a quick tap on the back and keep it moving. So, Oof. I was kind of kind of for it. Wow. I mean, you, I mean, obviously, like, we do know, right, Dable was the OC there, right, for, for years. Um, so, that was a homecoming game for Brian Dable. Um, but that's interesting. I did not, I did not know that or no see that. That's, <laughs> that's very interesting. And it's funny because the Bills offense does not look the same, like you mentioned before, too. Um, so that's interesting. That's it. Um, last game before we kind of keep it rolling to the, to the power rings here. The Cowboys beat the Chargers on Monday night, 20 to 17. Um, Super this was, yeah, too. that was a very, it was a good game. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a pretty good game, but I think, I honestly kind of take more away from the Chargers in this game than I do from Dallas. Like, D- Dak played good. Lamb played great. Um, the defense stepped up when they need to. But I feel like this was the game that the Chargers should have had. And it's a game that the Chargers usually lose. And I thought the game management, yeah. once again, by Brandon Staley, was horrible. You're down to two, three minutes. And I'm like, okay, the Chargers have timeouts. Nope, the Chargers won't have a single timeout with under two to play in a tight game. Where those timeouts went, I could not tell you, but those are the times in the game when you need timeouts plus the two-minute warning. And Brandon Staley kind of just continues to show that he struggles to manage games. And when you can't even beat Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, like I know McCarthy has a great track record and everything, but it's not like I think he hasn't really done anything, you know, groundbreaking in Dallas as of yet. And their offense hasn't exactly looked very good, unlike Kellen Moore was... Kellen Moore was shattering records when he was the offensive coordinator in Dallas. Um, so I, I think, again, it's one of those games where you look at the Chargers where you're like, they, again, should be way better than how they are. Mm-hmm. So that's where, I mean, we've kind of been talking about Staley for, I think, a couple of years now, yep. this stuff. Um, but honestly, I'm starting to think Herbert deserves some more flack. Um, and, dude, I, I loved Herbert. Like, Herbert... Um, up until a couple of years ago, I mean, remember, it was Herbert or Burrow. Who are you taking, right, kind of thing? And it's like Burrow kind of just finds, like, he was not in a great situation either. Um, but he just kind of found found ways to win games he shouldn't win. And that's how they ended up in the Super Bowl. And at this point, to me, it's like, I get it, coaching staff is bad, but you have more than enough talent to work with. You have Keenan Allen. You have Austin Eckler. Like, you got to find ways to win these games. Like, you're so talented yourself. And it's like, it should be like, yeah, we know that the coach is holding this team back. But I feel like some, like it's, it's all 100% on Staley rather than some of it going to the quarterback. It's got to be a lot, a lot more on the quarterback right now, too, because this offense is good enough to where they should not be constantly disappointing every single year. And how long are we going to keep giving him a break for not making the playoffs or not doing anything? You know what I'm Facts. saying? Like, That's what I'm saying, man. Like it's Burrow just... came in on that trash Bengals team and in two years was in the Super Bowl, coming off of ACL. Like, you know, like, uh, why, yeah. when, when are we going to start um, holding Herbert to, like, a higher standard here? True, true. That's, that, is, that is fair. 
That is fair. I mean, there are times where, yeah, I think Justin Herbert needs to put together a drive or two, but I think he does that. Like, Keenan Allen's been great. Austin Eckler just came off of injury. Like, it's not like he has it. Like, the Dolphin, the Dolphins game week one, they lost by two points. Titans, they lost by three points. Cowboys, they lost by three points. This team should be undefeated right now. Seriously, this team is good enough to be 6-0 and right now among the best teams in the AFC, and instead, they're 2-3. and I don't know if it's Justin Herbert, man. I, I honestly think this is back to Brandon Staley. But I'll tell you what. Chargers have a huge opportunity on Sunday. They go to Arrowhead. They play the Chiefs. Every single time the Chiefs play the Chargers, it is a great, great football game. This should be another one. Chargers, you want to get some momentum going into the rest of the season? Go into KC and beat them. The Chiefs haven't done anything special as of yet. They haven't done anything pretty. Go in Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday because then you got the Chicago Bears after that win. The Jets, that could be a very, right? Not an easy game, but a game I could see the the Chargers winning that game, and I could also see them losing that game. Then you got the Lions, that's a tough game. Packers, Ravens, Patriots. Green Bay is not easy. Yeah. The rest of the schedule is kind of hard, actually. I'm not going to lie, actually, now looking at it. Ravens, Patriots, Broncos, Raiders, Bills, Broncos, Chiefs. So, with the exception of two Broncos games and the Raiders, all the other games are kind of hard. So, this is a big one. This is a big one. You lose this game and you fall to two and four, there's problems. And once again, like you just said, I feel like we're talking, we're, this is a consistent topic every single year about the Los Angeles Chargers. It's the same thing. They're such a fun team to watch and they have so much talent, yet they just cannot finish games for the absolute life of them. Yeah, and, dude, I don't know. Like, I, we've been off of Staley for years now. I don't know when I don't get they're it. ever going – are they ever going to make that decision and just get rid of him? Um, who knows? He's definitely, you know, the, the the guy at the helm who deserves the most blame. I was just kind of saying it's like some of it has to fall on the quarterback. It's not fair. always 100%. That's fair. Every other team, the quarterback gets shit on a ton, and it seems like it's never ever falls on him. So uh, he's just gotta start start doing it. On I mean, we see bad coaching all the time, but we see bad quarterbacks sometimes outdo the bad coaching. You know what I mean? Yep. And yeah. He's yeah. got the talent to do that. So that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, for Dallas. They get the win here. Do we think anything differently about Dallas? Because I no, don't. I don't. I don't really think anything different to them. They won a game. Dak looked good. Whatever. Great. Um, I haven't seen anything yet, honestly. I think I got to see what Dallas does against Philly week nine. And then I think, all right, then maybe we can start talking about Dallas. But I don't think I'm ready to to kind of, you know, be like, oh, the Cowboys are back in that conversation. I don't think I'm quite ready for that just yet. I think they, they still have a lot more um, to prove going into the rest of the season so far. But it, it was it. I'll tell you, if there's if there's anything to take away for Dallas in this game, I will say this. It's a game they needed to have, and they got the job done. So I will give them I will give them credit if for that. If they lost, this guy is fine. That's what I'm saying, right? And and after a, you know, getting absolutely embarrassed a week before against the Niners, they needed to come back. They're in prime time again in L.A. You knew there was going to be a lot of Cowboy fans in attendance to go in there, get the job done. Um, again, Dak, Dak made some good throws in that game. So Tony Pollard had another big game. So got involved. Yeah. Too. Lamb was fantastic. So 
Um, so I think for Dallas, <clears throat> that's I think the more important thing is that they were able to come out and get a win. That's probably the most important thing there. Um, rounding out the week six scores, the Chiefs won an ugly one against Denver in 19-8. Ravens beat the Titans 24-16. And take this in, B. Last week I predicted the Rams over the Titans. 23-17. The final score was 24-16. That's insane. That's actually mm-hmm. insane. Commanders beat yeah. the Falcons 24-16. Uh, Texans beat the Saints 20-13. to How about the Texans? How about the Texans? Mm-hmm. Keeping it rolling um, right into their bye week. Dolphins smashed the Panthers 42-21. It has been a it has been a tough, a tough one for Frank Reich and the Panthers to start the season. They are the only winless team in the NFL. Bengals won an ugly one against Seattle, 17-13. The Jaguars offense back? Are they are they finally back? Dropping 37 against the Colts? Uh, I did not see that coming, to be honest. I thought that was gonna be a closer game than people thought, but Shoot, that was pretty impressive. I think so too. Division, and if game, if yeah. the Jaguars can build off this momentum on offense, again, we've been see we've been waiting for it because their offense has been kind of sluggish to start the year. And they finally broke through with 30, 30 plus points. We'll, we'll see what they do tonight against the New Orleans Saints. Um Trevor Lawrence a little banged up, but we'll see what they do tonight. Uh, Vikings over the Bears 19-13. That's an ugly one there. Justin Fields is hurt. Um, and I don't think he's going to be playing on Sunday either. Lions beat the Bucks 20 to 6. Raiders over your Patriots 21 17. And the Rams over the Cardinals 26 to 9. Which brings us to our top 10 power rankings heading into week seven. Um, do we start at one, go through 10, or do you want to start at 10? Go, 10. go from 10. Go, go from 10. 10. All right. Number 10. There was this was probably the toughest one for us. And I think we kind of went back and forth here. And we ended up going on number 10, even though they have struggled at times this season. They're getting kind of hot now. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals at number 10. They are currently three and three. They have won two in a row. Are the Bengals finally back? I don't know. But like you said, they won two in a row. The offense has looked, they look good. Good Seattle team. They did. But 17, 13, I don't don't know, man. That's just the. It's a, it's a I mean, weird that's one. Why, like, at the beginning of the year, they're, they're in my top five. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's more of a like, yeah, we still give you the respect because we had you so high at the beginning of the year. We'll still put you over, you know, some other teams that <laughs> are three and three. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still beat Seattle. Seattle's a pretty good team. Um, we're expecting some big things from you still. This is more of a like 10 on the rise kind of thing. Yep. No, I agree. Um, number nine, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think we both like the Jaguars here at nine. This defense has been good all year. Um, the win against Buffalo was really impressive. They should have beaten the Chiefs back in week two. And they their offense finally exploded against Indianapolis like we just talked about a second ago on Sunday against the Colts. This Jaguar seems pretty good, man. If this offense can get going and they can keep things rolling, the Jaguars are going to be just as good as we thought they were going to be heading into this season, and I think right now they look pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think they're starting to get get rolling a little bit. Yeah, number eight, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, again, I think they should be higher than they are right now, but I think they just they haven't quite showed it as of yet. They're still a really good team. They still got a really good defense, but with Dak 
Dak can be super sketchy at times, man. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. just cannot trust him just as of yet. So the Cowboys at eight, number seven. That's what it is, man. It's we we just we just kind of they just shoot themselves in the foot too many times. Yes, and it's Dak. Dak's the one that's doing it consistently too. Number seven, we got the Baltimore Ravens. This is also a team, man, that I think should be a lot better than their record is. They are also a good team. This defense is balling, but the offense just has yet to get it going. They have two losses and two really, really weird ones. They lost to the Colts 22-19, a game they should have won in overtime, and then they blew a 10-0 lead to the Steelers, who scored 17 unanswered. You could easily make a case that the Ravens, who are four and two, should have been six and zero. Dude, I mean that game against the Steelers was super weird, and uh, kind of their offense has not looked crazy good, but they're still no. beating some some pretty decent teams. Like that Texans win looks a lot better now. The Bengals they beat. The Browns they killed, which looks a lot better now. Mm-hmm. And then they beat the Titans. So like their wins are pretty pretty solid. Yeah, agreed. Um, I I still want to see Baltimore against, and I guess say Baltimore. It's got a wicked game on Sunday against the, against the Detroit Lions. So that should be. I mean, if we want to talk about one of these two teams, we're gonna find out a lot about them on Sunday. Um, number five, we got the Buffalo Bills. I honestly, you wanted to put the Bills a lot higher on this list. I wanted to put them a lot lower on this list. I just I'm not quite sold on Buffalo. They're four and two. You barely beat the Giants by five points in really ugly fashion. You lost the Jaguars the week before in ugly fashion. Uh, the Bills, it's the same thing with this team. One week, they're smashing teams. And then the next week, their offense is just like complete trash. Like, I just don't know what version I'm getting out of Buffalo. So, I don't know how much I can trust this team as of yet. And I understand that their defense is really, really banged up. But still... Like, this is a time where you need Josh Allen to to step up for this team. And it's been two weeks now where I'm a little bit concerned about where this Bills offense is going. Yeah, I mean, that this that Sunday game against the Giants was just not it at all. Um, but to me, I, I have them this high just because it's like, when they're like that, when they're clicking, um, they're up there with the other teams that we're about to get to. You know what I'm saying? And none of these other teams can reach that level that we just went on. Maybe Cincy once they kind of get it, but we haven't seen it this year. Um, but we've already seen Buffalo, you know, kill one of these teams that we're going to get to. So, like, for them to have that ceiling kind of kind of has to be up there for me. They have as an elite of a ceiling as as every team in the league. Yeah, agreed. Um, and my bad, I actually skipped number six. Number six, we had the Detroit Lions. I wanted to put the Lions at five. I think you're not quite, I guess you're not quite ready to put them in the top five. I think the Lions are playing unbelievable football right now. I think this defense is playing at a level that I don't think we've ever seen a Detroit Lions defense play. This offense is still making plays. They're banged up. I know Amon Ra has missed some games. Montgomery's now out. He's missed some games. They're banged up all over the place, but they're still winning games. Mm-hmm. Gotta love what Dan Campbell and the Lions are cooking up right now. They look really good, and they're playing some really good football. Yeah, I think, you know, I have no problem if they were in my top five. To me, it's just like, uh, they kind of feel like they caught that KC team off guard a little bit week one. Um, and then since then, it's like, who have they beat? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. So, 
give it a second. If they continue this and they, and they play well against the Ravens, even if they lose, but it's a it's a good game. Uh, I mean, they're right in the mix anyway, so just hold on a little bit. Yeah, this should, like I said, this should be a really fun game against Baltimore. I think we we want to know really a lot about Detroit. You go on the road and you beat a Ravens team that I know they've struggled to do some things in the playoffs last year's, but John Harbaugh always fields a good football team. And when Lamar's healthy, this is always a hard team to beat. We're going to find out a lot about the Lions on Sunday. I can't wait for that matchup. Number four, we got the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, again, this is a team that I think kind of dropped a few spots after that loss to the Jets. And really all season, like we talked about already, they haven't looked all that great. Yeah, not that great, but I mean, they were in the Super Bowl for a reason, so we can't drop them too low. Yeah, exactly. And then number three, you got the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, they also have not looked pretty at times this season, but they're the Kansas City Chiefs. Still Andy Reid, still Patrick Mahomes, still Travis Kelsey. Chiefs still going to do the Chiefs mm-hmm. things. And that defense looks really good. So you got KC at three. And then number two and number one, we have the Miami Dolphins at number two and the 49ers still at number one, even despite the loss to Cleveland. Um, I think you look at this, I mean, all of them have a weird loss. Like the Eagles struggled. They lost the Jets. The Chiefs had that opening loss against Detroit, but now they've ripped off five in a row. The Dolphins had that ugly loss against Buffalo, but they still look really good. And then the Niners have looked unbelievably good in through five games and then had an ugly one against Cleveland. So everybody's had an ugly game thus far. I agree. And I think um, both Philly and Miami get uh, a shot. I mean, I think if Miami wins against Philly, um, they might take over that number one spot for me. Um, And honestly, depending on how that game goes, Philly could get a huge boost in their rankings too. So that game is kind of a early measuring stick, I would say. That's going to be a wicked game. And that quarterback matchup is going to be awesome. Like, you know, there's going to be some added, there's going to be some added juice to that quarterback matchup, man. When you got Jalen Hurts taking on Tua Tagovailoa for the first time, I don't know if they actually ever played in college when Jalen Hurts transferred for Oklahoma. So if they haven't, and I could be wrong, and maybe I should probably look this up here, um, but if not, this will be the first time Tua and Jalen Hurts go head-to-head since they were teammates at Alabama when they won the national championship. Yeah, that's going to be a great game, man. That's that's cool. I love I love seeing that stuff. Oh, it's 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 great, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like this, like it's such a cool story. And for people who don't know much about the Jalen Hurts to it's like a Valoa story, Jalen Hurts was the starter for Alabama. I think this was maybe twenty seventeen or eighteen, I would like to say. Hertz was awesome for Alabama. He was struggling in the national championship game. Nick Saban pulled the plug on him, put in comes in, balls out. Alabama wins the national championship game and Tua ended up overtaking Jalen Hurts' starting job. Tua ended up being the starter for Alabama moving forward. Jalen Hurts then transferred to Oklahoma to be the starter for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now Tua is now the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Hurts is now the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Pretty crazy. And Jalen Hurts has played in a Super Bowl already. Um, pretty, pretty crazy story and pretty cool one. And then you have both of them balling out this year, both of five and one, arguably two of the best teams I could just talk about in the NFL, such a cool story. And it should be a great game seeing these two go at it. And I'm sure, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Nick Saban might be in attendance. I know he's got, I know he's got a game the day before, but 
this should be a, quite quite a football game between those two and quite the um, quarterback matchup that we will see. All right, let's roll to week seven. Tonight's matchup, Jaguars and the Saints. B, who you got? I got Jacksonville. I got Jacksonville um, 23-13. to 13. I don't like the Saints team at all. I don't either. The Saints offense bugs me. I don't love the way that things are going for them and I don't think they're going to win the division like I initially thought that they were I'll take the Jaguars 26-20 and to add to it the Jaguars are currently upset nothing halfway through the first quarter but I got the Jaguars by six Sunday big game probably the best game of the early slate Lions at the Ravens yeah I can't I don't think the uh, Lions get it done um I got the Ravens here uh 23-20, Justin Tucker game man field goal. Whew. I almost kind of want to take that, but I have the exact same score line, but I'm going to go Detroit. I just think they're playing better football right now. I know they're going into a hostile environment in Baltimore. Honestly, your score line is probably a lot more likely to happen, but right now, if I'm looking at both teams, I like the way Detroit is playing right now. The only downside is, I don't know who the hell is going to be running the rock for the Lions because Monty is out. Craig Reynolds is now apparently banged up. We know Jameer Gibbs is is banged up, and he might play, but he hasn't really shown anything as of yet. So a lot of unknowns in the backfield for Detroit. But as long as Jared Goff plays a clean game, doesn't turn the ball over, I think the Lions have a shot. I like the Lions 23-20. Bills at the Patriots. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I don't – I mean, the Patriots have been getting smoked by the Bills for – couple of years now it seems and uh the bills big big time over the Patriots. it's 31 7 bro losing to brian hoyer last week has got to reach a new low for bill belichick i mean we talked about how this was like a new england east versus a new england west game last week against the raiders but the fact that jimmy went down of course he does like he always ends up going down at some point and you'll ended up losing to brian hoyer Oh, Lord have mercy. That's a new low for this Patriots team. Give me the Bills. But I think differently of you. You think it's going to be a blowout, but these divisional games are weird. Patriots are not going to be an easy out in this game. I got a weird feeling. And Buffalo has not done anything to amaze me. I'll take the Bills 24-21. Commanders at the Giants. Uh, I got Washington. Uh, Washington's just better. I don't know what's going on. And in New York, um, I got Washington 17-14. Giants are a hot mess, and I got to say, I kind of like the Commanders. I kind of like watching them. They're a weirdly fun team to watch, and Sam Howell has impressed me early on this season. Give me the Commanders, 30-21. to 21. Browns at the Colts. I don't know why this is a weirdly intriguing game for me, but um, I got uh, Cleveland here, 23-17. Um, Cleveland, I don't know how Indy is really going to be able to move the ball against them. Yeah, the Browns' defense, no question, insanely good. But without, well, I don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to play. He might play. Um, even though that the Browns are riding high, they just knocked off the Niners, the best team in football. They got all the momentum with them. Minshew is a weirdly, weirdly dude. He's super streaky, and so are the Colts. I say letdown game for Cleveland. They're on the road against Indy. If this was at the dog pound, I'd probably take the Browns here, but this is in Indianapolis. Uh, give me the Colts in an upset, 26-23. to 23. Falcons at the Buccaneers. I got I got Tampa in this one. Um, 
at home. Seems kind of like the Baker Magic showing out a little bit, but um, I kind of like this in a toss-up game. I'm going to take the home team here. Um, I got them 27-24. Yeah, the the Bucks did not look very good coming off the bye, but I'll tell you what they did look good. They did look good. Their fit looked good. The creamsicles looked good last night. It's been a long time since we've seen the Bucs mm-hmm. break those out. They play not so much. Give me the Falcons 20-16. to 16. Raiders at the Bears. May I interest anybody? Brian Hoyer against Tyson. What's his name? Badgen? Gadgen? What's his name? The Bears backup oh quarterback God, he, here. The second he got in and he fumbled it, I was like, Oh, my God. Like Tyson Badgett. Tyson Badgett. May I interest anyone in a head-to-head quarterback matchup of Brian Hoyer against Tyson Badgett? Get your popcorn uh, ready, folks. Could be a good one. I got I got the Raiders here. Raiders will be 4-3 and three after this win. Um, Raiders win 27-2. Who needs, who needs Jalen Hurts against Tua Tagovailoa when we got Tyson Badgett against Brian Hoyer? I mean, whoo. This is, I mean, fire me up. This is, this is quite the game. No, Bears over the Raiders, 25-13. Hoyer throws a couple picks. Cardinals at the Seahawks. Uh, Seattle, um, a little bit closer than I think uh, some people would think. I got Seattle 28-24, um, close to Division one. Cardinals have been a stick in the mud for a lot of t- a lot of games that they play, and they've been a really tough out. But give me Seattle 23-13. Steelers, Rams. This is a good game. Agreed. Uh, I got I got Pittsburgh actually with the upset. Um, over that that stadium is going to be still curtained up. Um, give me uh give me Pitt uh, twenty seventeen here as well. Yeah, that's a good call. That is a good call, and this should be a good game. I think it's a great coaching matchup between McVeigh and Tomlin. Um, I'll take the Rams at home though, twenty to fourteen. I think Kenny Pickett comes back. Doesn't look great. They can't run the football either. Um, Rams have some momentum running right now. Cooper Cup's getting back into form. Uh, give me the Rams by mm-hmm. six. Packers at Denver. I got uh, I got Green Bay here. Um, Nineteen sixteen in a weird one. I, I, this is gonna be an ugly game. Yeah, this has ugly game written all over it. I mean, when I see these two logos, I just think John Elway and Brett Favre, and I think Packers Broncos. This could be a great game, and then I realize it's Jordan Love. And Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, oh, God, this is going to be an awful football game. Give me the Packers on the road, 24-17. to 17. Chargers, Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs in this one, 28-14. Um, I don't think the Chargers are ever going to beat the Chiefs, man. Yeah, I don't know about this for the Chargers either. I think it's going to be a great game, as it always is between these two. But I think the Chiefs are going to be too much to handle in the end. They'll take the Chiefs 31-27. Tua hurts Dolphins-Eagles Sunday night. This might be, maybe this is the good Sunday night game. We thought it was going to be Cowboys-Niners two weeks ago. Maybe Dolphins-Eagles delivers, and this ends up being one of the better Sunday night games we've had in quite a while. Who you got? Miami-Philly. I hope. I got Miami, 34-28 um, shootout here. I think Eagles go up two scores and, and the Dolphins come back. This would be a big win for the Dolphins. This would be a really big win for Mike McDaniel and this Dolphins team. I'll be rooting for Miami. You know I will. Um, but I think the Eagles, just after losing to the Jets, I don't know if they lose back-to-back games yet. I know they, they got a gauntlet coming up. They're going to lose two games in a row at some point. I just don't know if it comes yet. I got the Eagles 27-24, and I got to tell you, speaking of jerseys, 
the Eagles are going to look fire Man, in those Kelly, Kelly Greens, Greens, the yeah. Kelly Greens on Sunday night. Even though I absolutely cannot stand the Eagles, but those jerseys are going to look pretty freaking nice. Monday night, the Niners go to Minnesota to take on Captain Kirk. Uh, I got the Niners here at 31-20. Uh, although I think the Vikings at home, it, it could be a little bit more feisty, but Niners, we'll see who ends up suiting up in this one, but they're going to take care of business. I like this as another great opportunity for Brock in his young career. Primetime game, on the road, in the dome, going to be a hostile environment. You know the Vikings crowd, it's always a ruckus in there. The Vikings is a very beatable team. The Vikings aren't great, but coming off of a game where you struggled against, this is a big opportunity. Can Brock Purdy come in? Maybe no Debo, maybe no McCaffrey. Maybe you will have them. You don't know, but either way, this this is a nice game for Brock Purdy to kind of bounce back if he's able to come in, go to Minnesota, outduel the guy that everybody thought that the Niners were eventually going to get in Kirk Cousins. It'd be a big win for Brock Purdy. Give me the Niners by 10, 30 to 20. Um, a handful of teams on a bye week this week. Jets, Titans, Texans, Cowboys, yes. Panthers, Bengals. A lot of teams on a bye um, this week. But B, final thoughts. It's a pretty light week, actually, considering um... – in terms of the amount of games, definitely feels it um, looking through the schedule. But uh, that Sunday night game, man, hopefully hopefully we get the game of the year so far. I agree. I mean, I'm excited for that Dolphins-Eagles game. That is going to be a wicked game. But you got a good football game in almost every single time slot here. You got Lions-Ravens, yeah. 1 o'clock. Chargers-Chiefs at 4. Steelers-Rams, like you said, that's a good call. I think that might be the sneaky good game of the week. Um, and Dolphins-Eagles um, for the icing on the on the Sunday um, I think it should be great. And the Niners-Vikings, I think, should be interesting as well on Monday night. So Solid, solid Monday Yeah, night, so yeah. not a bad, not a great slate, but you got a good game on, on every level here. So I think that should be good. And they got Jaguars-Saints um, on the docket right now. Um, as a score update, they got the Saints in the red zone, but the Jags up 7-0. So that'll do it from this episode of Baller Island. And we got NBA season preview oh, next yeah. week. So a lot to talk about there. And, of course, we will recap yes. week seven in the NFL as well. So a lot more to get to. B's fired up. Uh, getting ready to talk some Celtics. I think he's already over the season already. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> starting NBA season in November and October, like actually, and not, you know, normally it's get really into it in February when the Patriots win the Super Bowl, but. Looks like we're starting a couple months early. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit different this time around, but we'll see how that goes. So don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And keep it locked. We've got a lot more football and basketball talk coming your way. Have a good week and we'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.